Thumberland 89.7 FM's Reality Realty, your local real estate forum. And this is where we take on, we talk about, and we interview guests on all things real estate with a direct focus on Northumberland County and the communities within it. Today, folks, we are having a real estate and mortgage call-in show. So be ready with your pen and uh, paper to copy down some numbers so that you can call in with any of your real estate or mortgage questions. <clears throat> you can call, start calling into the station right now if you would like and leave your question. The station number is 905-372-2391 and we'll be giving you some more numbers of, uh, of our guests at, uh, later on in the show and we'll answer your questions live on air. And speaking of guests, joining us today will be Carol Ann Bryant, mortgage broker with the Broker Financial Group, and Aaron Toms, real estate sales representative with REMAX Lakeshore Realty, Inc. First, we'll take a look at our local real estate market in the segment we call Snapshot, and then we'll introduce our guests and give you the numbers to text in to. There have been 53 single-family residential sales over the past month, and that's an increase of four sales over last week's report. We're left with an inventory of 186 residential listings for sale, and the average selling price of successful sales over the past 12 months has increased once again to approximately $345,000. On average, these sales have received 98.5% of their, mar of their uh, asking price in a market time of 46 days. Northumberland County is in a seller's market with an absorption rate of 28% based on the past month's sales trend. And that number, 28%, is 1% stronger, a 1% stronger se uh, seller's market than we reported last week. If these numbers are important to you at this, at this time uh, and you haven't had a chance to write them down, <coughs> pardon me, don't worry. Uh, at the end of every month, I post these uh, stats, North, local Northumberland stats on my social media. So look me up, Dale Bryant, on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+, and you can find the numbers there. I research these Northumberland County statistics and I calculate the absorption rate using information from List Central. List Central is a local realtor component of the MLS system. If you're thinking of buying or selling a home, you'll want this information to be area specific, specific to the property type you're dealing with and the price band it's in. So what do you do? You talk to your local realtor to understand the Northumberland market information that's most relevant to you. And no one, no one understands the Northumberland real estate market better than a Northumberland realtor who's a member of the Northumberland Hills Association of Realtors. Well, I think it's time to introduce my guests right now because one of my guests I'm going to ask to uh, deliver the Northumberland uh, mortgage rates at this time. So today, I first I'd like to introduce and welcome Carol Ann Bryant. Carol Ann is a mortgage broker with the Broker Financial Group. Uh, thanks, Carol Ann, for joining me again. Again, yes. Again. Somehow. Somehow. Two weeks in a row. <coughs> I think our ratings are going up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. And uh, we also have here 
in the studio live, Aaron Toms. And Aaron is a real estate sales representative with Remax Lakeshore Realty, Inc. Welcome, Aaron, to the show. Thanks, Dale, for having me back. Yes, well, we seem to keep getting you back on these uh, call-in shows. You do. I'm not really sure why that is, but it has been a while. I was beginning to feel shunned, I'll, I'll admit it. Okay, well, we, we haven't done we haven't done a call-in <laughs> show for some time. We, we took a little break over the Christmas holidays, quite a little break, and we, we did some replace, and um, just seemed like the right thing to do, start the year off with a, a, call-in, a call-in show. So, Carol Ann, we're still in the middle of snapshot. Why don't you uh, give us uh, mortgage rates for today? Sure. Um, so, as of today, you can get a five-year fixed for as low as 2.59%, which I think is down from 269 from last week. Yes. Uh, yeah, so there's uh, a lender that's 2.64. Oh, 2.64, okay. Yeah. Uh, 2.59 and the variable the lowest rate on that remains the same prime minus 0.6 so 2.10 percent because prime is 2.7 percent on a five-year variable correct well folks those are uh, the mortgage rates for today and they come to you from mortgage broker Carolyn Bryant with the broker financial group and that is a current snapshot of the residential real estate market in Northumberland County <clears throat> this is just a reminder that the views and opinions expressed by me, especially my guests of the show or any of the articles presented, do not represent the views and opinions of the station, of the Northumberland Hills Association of Realtors, of any real estate brokerage, or any other realtor. They're simply our views and our opinions at this time. So call in show, ladies. Let's let's give them some numbers that people can call into. I know we've already received some questions via social media mm -hmm. uh, last night and this morning, so we have a few to start with. But if you are sitting there, standing there on a treadmill, whatever, and you have a mortgage question, question or you have a real estate question, you can you can text Carol Ann about any mortgage questions. And what's the number, Carol Ann, they can text you at? 289-251-2948. And Aaron, how, how can people text you a question for real estate? 905-376-0246. You can also text me at 289-251-2947 or... If texting isn't your thing, call into the station at 905-372-2391 and Lane is standing by to take down your questions and pass them along to us. So, ladies, I, I just want to start with, uh, and, and folks, we will repeat those numbers later in the show. I'd like to start with uh, very first, and there's a text already. I'd like to start with the very first question I ha I received, and this was very shortly after her posting it yesterday, and it's from Naomi. And Naomi asks, what kind of real estate market is being predicted for the area, for this area, in 2017? Okay, loaded question, Naomi. Thank you for the question. <coughs> really good one. Everybody's wondering about that. Anybody thinking about real estate is wondering about that. Well, let's start with a broader, a broader market. Let's take a look at 
the national predictions, and we'll, we'll, we'll try to bring it down. Um, according to a January 6th, to, and so I've had a chance to, this was a question yesterday, so I've had a chance to look this up a little bit. Uh, according to Janu uh, January 6, 2017, Money Sense article, uh, they're saying the overall thinking from all the professionals of the market is that there will be um, a small flattening of the market. And they're, they're saying there'll be a decline in both sales and prices over, over the 2016 numbers. Now, I took a look also at the Canadian Real Estate Association, what they're predicting, and they're saying... They're agreeing an overall drop in sales. They're saying Canada-wide, they're predicting a 3.3% drop in sales. And in Ontario in specific, they're saying approximately 2.7% drop in sales. But they're not predicting a drop in prices because they're saying we were low on inventory last year. And that's, the, that's a big reason for our prices climbing because... There were so many, so few homes to choose from, and when when a home would come up, there'd be multiple people that were interested in that home, creating multiple offers, driving the prices up. So the Canadian Real Estate Association is saying those dynamics aren't going away. So the the prices uh, are going to continue to rise, but they do predict uh, a few less sales. Now, Naomi. As far as this market goes, this local market goes, we don't have any big body like the Canadian Real Estate Association or, or, or any other big body who's actually trying to predict the Northumberland market. It, it's basically people like myself, people like Aaron, uh, realtors in the community. And, and I'd personally have to say I would agree with the Canadian Real Estate Association I, on the prices. I think they're going to keep going up because everything that drove the prices up last year is still in existence for this year. Sales, I'm 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 hesitant to say either way whether they're going to go up or down. I, I I think let's let's see how the year starts. We haven't even finished January yet. Aaron, what do you think about that? Well, I think there's still so many buyers left that haven't been able to buy yet that I really don't see our sales <coughs> going down or declining in any way. Um, you know, there's still people that are really ready to buy and haven't been able to find anything. And every day there's more people joining that list. So, mm -hmm. yeah, so so you're you're predicting sales will continue to climb. So more sales than we had last year. I don't know that I'd say more sales, but I think we're going to have a very comparable year this year yeah. as we did last year. So similar for sales. <laughs> and how about prices? Do you think they'll continue to rise? Um, I think they might just kind of stay where things have been at, um, depending though, because our inventory is still pretty low, right? So so you're disagreeing with Money Sense, with the Canadian Real Estate Association, <laughs> well, and with me. Yes, because <laughs> I am a rebel and, you know, I like to do the opposite of what everybody says. But no, I think, I don't know, for me, you know, I've been, you know, somewhat astonished with some of the things that have happened and deals I've personally mm -hmm. done where the pricing has been at. It's, it's kind of blown my mind and nothing I ever in a million years would have predicted. So, right. And, and that's the, uh, that's the, the, the strange and wonderful thing about predicting what's about to happen is you can get all the pros, all the people in the know predicting one thing and then the total opposite can really happen. So, yeah, interesting. Uh, Naomi, thank you for the first question to get us started off this morning. And hopefully, 
hopefully you're not disappointed with our with <laughs> confusing our answer. confusing <laughs> answers. Yeah. <laughs> so, ladies, I heard a I heard a text come in. Um, I know, Caroline, you have already a couple questions from from people prior to even starting the show. Would one of you like to go first here? Sure. Um, my text was from Nicole, who has had some realtors out to give her a price on her home. And she feels given that there's so few homes for sale, should she actually put it higher than what her realtor suggested? So, yeah, so the realtor's given her uh, uh, market analysis and said what the home is worth. And, and she wants to know, because of this amazing market, should she even market it higher? And yes. Well, that's the answer to that one, Erin. Well, mine, I would say you could probably get that answer from any toddler, and the answer is going to be no, no, no. Um, not at all. Um, I think you'd be limiting yourself if you did that. If it's priced fairly and you've had multiple realtors give you a similar price, <coughs> why would you go against that? Um, you know, it's a pretty professional opinion, and people do a lot of research to come up with their, their prices. And if it's priced fairly, you're going to have a lot of buyers through, and you're going to end up in multiples. So why put yourself out of the, the competition? Yeah, and, and I understand, too, the seller's point of view saying, oh, my goodness, this, you know, I'm selling in, in the best time possible, and why would I limit myself to uh, asking a conservative number uh, but you and I and, and all the other realtors in this community, <coughs> we know from from seeing deals that have actually happened, when people do price higher, then, then people who would have been interested in competing uh, say, listen, I, I would have paid that much, but I'm not going to pay, I'm not going to start there and then compete on top of it, so... Yeah, you think you're selling yourself short by not pricing high enough, but I've seen too many times last year you're selling yourself short by pricing too high. high. Yes. Yeah, totally agree with that. Carol Ann, what do you got for us here? I know you got some questions. I, I do. Um, <clears throat> and I have a, a client, uh, Vicki, who uh, emailed me and said, uh, asked if uh, she were to get solar panels on the back of her roof, so not visible from the street view, mm -hmm. would it be something the mortgage company considers as a devaluation of the property? Is there any problem with it from your point of view? Um, so from the point of the mortgage company, already you have your mortgage, would they consider it a devaluation um, I guess I, that's more of a real estate question, I would say, mm -hmm. that part. Would you consider that to be a devaluation of your property? I, I, would say, I would say it's an improvement. I would say you've added something, and it does have real value. But uh, I, I would say the, the value is limited. I don't, I, don't know, I don't know how many people actually come and, and ask for are looking for the solar panels and and I think it sometimes can be just a confusing component of the real estate transaction. Well, and often there's contracts associated 
with the solar mm. panels, right? So somebody would have to either assume that contract and at what cost, right? Right, so. the, the microfit uh, program. Yes, and that, can't, that cannot be a component of your mortgage. You cannot uh, add a, a business contract to your mortgage. So it can only be the, the house, whatever the value of the house is, is, is what can be. Um, so then in that case, I would say that if someone is purchasing your home, they would have to have additional funds to cover whatever you're, whatever you're including that component, those solar panels, whatever value you're giving to those would have to be either uh, paid for from separate funds that uh, the potential buyer has, or they'd have to arrange a separate loan. It can't be part of a mortgage. Yeah. And. And that's been my experience with uh, with homes with solar panels that have had the microfit program mm-hmm. because people say, okay, I have my 5% or maybe they have 10%. And when it comes right down to it, the, the lender's saying, you know what? Well, well you, can, you can buy this maybe on 5%, but we're only giving you a mortgage on the house component. And, right. and this, this, this solar panel is a business. You have to have an HST number. Um, you're, you're getting an income, and they're saying, you know what, we don't give mortgages on businesses. So it makes, it could make the sale of your home uh, more difficult, yes. Mm-hmm. And, and some people who normally could have uh, uh, qualified to buy that home just will not qualify. Right. Uh, uh, have, you, have you ran into this personally, Caroline, in, in some of your dealings? Um, I've ran into people asking me this question, um, or that where they've wanted to purchase a property that had, you know, the solar panels and it, it does complicate things for sure. Mm -hmm. It's not, not straightforward. Yeah. You're, you're really limiting, uh, it does have value, but you're really limiting the amount of people who can actually successfully purchase your property. Uh, let's see, what do I have here? I have something from Monique. She says, she asked, does the seller have to complete a seller property information statement? Ah, uh, the disclosure. Yeah, the disclosure. Do you want <laughs> the debatable do, disclosure? Do you want to talk about that a little bit, Aaron? Um, it doesn't have to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, its original intended purpose was to, you know, provide some information to the seller, right? It wasn't a warranty or, or to the buyer, sorry, but it wasn't a warranty from the seller to the buyer by any means. But over time, buyers have taken it as a warranty and there's been quite a few, um, I guess, court cases uh, mm-hmm. around it. So I personally do not advise my my sellers to provide one anymore. When I first started in real estate, it was something I did with every listing and um, just not anymore in order to protect my seller. Uh, that information can be quite valuable to a buyer, but mostly everything that is on that disclosure, a buyer will get from a home inspection. So... Yeah, have uh, that's I I think the same as you, Aaron. Have a third party come in, and uh, some of those questions on it, like I I don't have any of my sellers fill those out either because it has created too much too much litigation, uh, unnecessary litigation since it, it's been introduced. But a question like this, Aaron, there's a question there, <coughs> and it's it's a yes, no, or I don't know. Has your home ever been used as a marijuana grow up? <laughs> Okay, so the reality is, if, if you're third, fourth owner, the real answer to that is, is I, I don't know. 
and and uh, so the real answer to that is I don't know. But the answer I don't know doesn't look good on that form. No, the, it it doesn't. The the answer everybody's hoping to see is no. But if you, you don't can't know, if you how can the you first know? Buyers, what what they did, if it's not disclosed along yeah. the line. And and I I know I mean so, homes can be registered that they've been past marijuana grow ups, but I've looked on the government website where it's supposed to be listed and and we know of some homes locally that ought to be on the list and they're just not on the list so well, and the thing is too is what classifies a grow up right if somebody has you know say a couple teenagers living in their home and one of their teenagers at some point living there had a couple plants in his closet that would now constitute a grow up which that would have a very different meaning and outcome than what we all believe to be a grow up, mm-hmm. right? So with yeah, with all the insulation and exactly. all all the, the plastic and the molds and, and the lighting and yeah, everything like that. All right, so Monique, uh, the answer the the short answer is no. You do not have to. Uh, a seller does not have to fill in this seller property information statement, which um, many of the realtors will refer to as an SPIS. Ladies. Yes. Uh, it's it's already time for a break. We're a couple minutes over. And so, folks, you've been listening to Reality Realty, Northumberland 89.7 FM's local real estate talk. Join Carol Ann, Aaron, and me after this break, and we'll continue to answer your real estate and mortgage questions. How do you describe contemporary folk? Acoustic? Yes. Roots? Sure. Americana? That's a newer buzz term, but yep. Celtic? There's a bit of that. Bluegrass? We'll throw some of that in also. On Sunday Coffee House, we'll mix it all together to come up with a show that's pretty diverse with music from the heart, from the soul, from the earth, and sometimes from over there. You can learn more at sundaycoffeehouse.com. Better still, listen. I'm Greg Schatzman. Join me every Sunday at noon for Sunday Coffee House on Northumberland 89.7. Jim McGrath understands that as much as we don't want to talk about it, wills and estate planning is a responsible thing to do for you and your family. With his help, you can reflect on your values and wishes and have a legal direction to let others know what kind of health and personal care you would want if you could not speak for yourself. Jim McGrath has been a lawyer for over 30 years, and he understands the law so you don't have to. You owe it to yourself and your loved ones to call Jim McGrath today at 905-373-1999. It's a show featuring music that's a little left of center, right of center, and most times right on the edge. It's Country Outlaws and Alternatives. Hi, this is your old pal Rusty, inviting you to join us each and every Monday night at 9, playing the music that many other station staff love, but just won't play. It's an hour of countrified music with soul and just the right amount of cool. It's Country Outlaws and Alternatives, Monday nights at 9, right here on Northumberland 89.7. Welcome back. This is Northumberland 89.7 FM's Reality Realty with Dale Bryant. And our guests today are the Broker Financial Group's mortgage broker for Northumberland County, Carol Ann Bryant, and sales representative for REMAX Lakeshore Realty, Aaron Toms. I, if I could remind everyone, you can text Carol Ann at 289-251-2948 for any questions. 289-251-2948. You can text Aaron Toms at 905-376-0246. That's 905-376-0246. Or just call into the station at 
372-2391 and Lane will write down your question and pass it along to us and we'll, we will answer live on the air. We just received a call uh, just before break and <coughs> the listener is asking, uh, it, it sounds like they live rurally and they have uh, a home that uh, agricultural land they do, they do some farming, it sounds like, and they're thinking about uh, doing an addition, uh, a building. And the question is, financially, would it be best if they were to make the addition onto the existing home, or is it better if they did a detached building? And so my, my first thoughts are, it really depends on on what kind of what kind of business is going to go on in that in that building if if the agricultural work you're going to do in in that new addition is going to be noisy or smelly then then maybe people would want it removed from the house um, if not I think I really think it's a preferential thing for buyers I, I don't think there's a a real clear-cut answer to to this uh, particular question, Aaron, what, well, I, what again, do you it think? It would depend on what the purpose of the addition is, mm-hmm. right? Like you said, with the you know noise or odors or things like that, would probably if it's you know for the purpose of something that's going to create that kind of stuff. I don't think a buyer would want that attached to the house. No, right? But yeah, I don't know the purpose of the addition, so it's yeah. And it is the purpose some sort of uh, business that somebody could have as a hobby and maybe it's not smelly or it's not noisy or office space yeah and and maybe people would really appreciate not having to go outside to get to that uh to get to that new new space right so then if that's the case uh people would likely like to have it attached um but what uh caller what i'd uh recommend is uh if you're working with a realtor have the realtor come over Show them what you're thinking about. Explain, explain your ideas, and uh, and that will give uh, they'll give you a better uh, insight as to maybe a direction to go. And I know if you're not working with a realtor, that uh, Aaron or myself would be happy to help you with that. So for a workshop, I would probably go with detached. Okay, so we have we have we have a. Um, um, I don't know if this Some is clarification. Our, our caller. Um, yeah, it could be. So they're saying it's a workshop. Workshop or hobby building. I, I would think maybe detached would be better, you know, just for dust. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you have like um, a dust removal system, they can be quite loud, um, mm-hmm. things like that. I mean, the handiness of having a workshop for somebody that wants a workshop attached to the home is great, but um, I personally would love it. But I'd also love a detached one. I wouldn't be overly picky. I would just love a workshop. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and uh, and thanks for the uh, for the clarification, clarification yeah. on that uh, listener. And and but I think I think it's actually it's uh, Richard. Uh, thanks, Richard, for that question. And and I think it's it's not a super clear answer to that one. Yeah. No, I think anybody wanting a workshop will be happy either way. Hmm. So. Yeah. And ladies, Carol Ann, 
Do you mm. have something there? I do. I have uh, a question that came through on uh, Facebook from Ben, and he says uh, that he works with a lot of young adults, and he hears them asking, how will they ever be able to get a down payment on just their own income? That's a really good question, Ben. Um, it certainly is challenging these days for young people to save up the money for a down payment, given that a lot of them are graduating from school with uh, a significant amount of OSAT debt. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that if they're wanting to do it on their own, on their own income, the best thing is to avoid as much debt as possible. However, they do have to have something reporting on their credit bureau or in order to have a have a score to qualify. So it's a bit of a two-edged sword. They have to have some established credit, but um, don't run it up to the max. Keep keep what you owe to a minimum. Um, try and set things aside. Uh, if you can put things into an RSP, those funds can be used for a down payment. Um, and then I think it's also setting your expectations. You're not going to be able to move into your dream house right off the bat. That's just not realistic if you're trying to do it on your own and, and you know, you're just starting out in a, in a new job and your income isn't as high as it's going to be maybe down the road. So, you know, look at starter homes, look at, uh, doing that first. If you really, really want a, a house and you don't want to put the money into renting an apartment, then, you know, you might have to look at having a co-signer to come along and uh, help support. Not that they're going to pay your mortgage, but they're going to add strength to the deal. Um, you are allowed to have gifted funds for a down payment from family members. So if you've saved up X amount of dollars and you're just a little bit short for your down payment or your closing costs, uh, mom, mom or dad or grandma, grandma and grandpa or brother or sister can contribute to those down payment funds. Um, they just sign a gift letter stating that it's a gift and it's not a repayable loan. And uh, those funds can be used to help towards the down payment. And anybody listening, Carol Ann, uh, you know, if, if, they, if they're looking to buy a home and they need a guarantor or they, they require some gifted funds. Now, not everybody has a situation where um, they have someone who can even be a guarantor or even, right. or even gift some funds. <coughs> but if they happen to, uh, I just wanted to get a point across, don't, don't feel bad about it. Like, you're not the only one. Oh, it's very, very common. Um, I see that very often that there's co-signers on the mortgage. And, and um, you know, if you have a five-year term and during and you have a co-signer or a guarantor on, on there with you, um, during that five-year term, if something changes financially for you, you, you get a promotion, uh, your, your, your income increases, you do have the ability to remove them off of your mortgage. That is a possibility. You can do that midterm or you can wait till renewal. So it's not like they have to be um, tied to that mortgage for the entire life of you owning mm-hmm. that home. There's some flexibility there. Right. Aaron, here's one for you. <coughs> Before we do that, can we just get back to Richard oh, for a sure. sec? He just um, asked another question. Well, same question, but just for a little bit more clarification. Yeah. So he's wanting to know which would be ideal for um, resale. 
Again, really hard to answer, but I will do my best. Uh, you have to look in and factor in what it's going to cost you to construct that workshop, right? So is building a detached shop cheaper? Tends than, to be a little cheaper if you're, yeah, say, building a garage. Then building something that is attached. And, you know, a workshop is a workshop. There's no set value. There's so many factors that um, are going to play into it. You know, the square footage of it, the whether it's heated, in like, you know, the kind of lighting mm -hmm. and, you know, even the kind of electrical. So if you've got something set up so that you can weld, that might add value to someone who's a welder or wants to do some welding in their home. Um, Is it going to change the curb appeal if it's attached as opposed to tucked back? I guess it would depend on the location of the home from the road, mm -hmm. right? So there, like, there's, there's so many factors, but factors. Um, if you really, really are concerned about it, Get your prices on, you know, the cost for construction and weigh in the factors that, you know, you don't want to take away from your curb appeal. Um, the disruption, if you have it attached, the, the disruption that it's going to cause to your home and your family during the build, you know, if it's detached, you don't have that disruption. Um, and how much, like you'd have to have someone come out and tell you what your house is worth now and what it would be with a shop. Um, I don't know that having it detached or attached is something we can really answer over the air without knowing those yeah. those factors. But um, I would probably go the cheapest route myself to get what you want because right now you're living there and the home has to meet your use right now. So I would take the less expensive route in terms of constructing a shop. And how are you going to finish it too? Like if your if your home is all uh, a brown brick and you're not going to brown brick it maybe you're going to white side it it could look good but it, or if you're going to brick it and it's a you can't get the same kind of brick and it's going to look like it's an obvious addition it might be better to separate it yeah. uh, sometimes if you can get the same uh, veneer on the on the, your house as that addition it can give your whole house an appearance of being more grand, too. So exactly. it, it could help. So, so many factors in that but, one. And I don't think you're going to see dollar for dollar on, on that. Like, I don't think. So yeah. I, I, I would take the, the cheapest mm -hmm. route possible to make it work for you. Okay. So, Aaron, here's an anonymous one. Uh, the, the question is, if I just signed a buyer's representation agreement and now I don't want to be bound by this agreement, is there a cooling off period to cancel the agreement? Huh. And and I why I, wouldn't you want like I just don't would, understand why well, you would get to the point of signing a buyer agency with somebody and then change your mind. Yeah. That yeah, that who knows? Who knows the various reasons that could come into play there? But uh, to the best of my knowledge there is no cooling off period for that. There, there, there is a cancellation form uh, to, that you can cancel your buyer representation agreement if the brokerage that you have the agreement with agrees well, and, and is that, willing to sign it. And that's the thing. The agreement's <coughs> with the brokerage. It's not with the particular realtor that they signed with. So, right. I mean, if, if there are problems with their realtor, um, they should maybe speak to the broker of record and see if there's somebody else in that brokerage that, you know, they might have a better fit with. I, like, mm -hmm. But usually when you get to the point of signing a buyer agency agreement, you have a pretty good rapport with that realtor. So, Well, what if? What if you just signed with a, a very competent realtor, with a very competent brokerage, 
and because you were all in in the in 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 the in the excitement of finding a home and then you went back home and you realized oh my goodness my niece just <laughs> started in real estate and i completely forgot about my niece and if i do not use my niece for a realtor uh, we're going to have a split in the family well the niece should niece should understand that a buyer agreement has been signed and what yeah. the consequences would be if you, if her aunt or uncle violated that agreement. Yeah. So, so caller, to the best of our knowledge, no cool off period. And, uh, and those forms do exist to cancel. The brokerage has to agree. You have to agree that you have to sign it. And uh, unfortunate. And yeah, you'll have to go down that road. Ladies, any other questions that you have uh, in the yeah. inbox? I have actually a really <clears throat> good question. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Betty asks, is there anything I need to do once I pay my mortgage off? So you get to the point where you are very happy. You've paid everything off in full and you're ready to burn those mortgage papers. Yeah, you have to uh, pour a glass of wine and I do high fives. <laughs> wine, champagne, something like that. That's what you have need a party, to do. Have a party, have a party, yes. Um, yes, all of that is good. Um, but definitely you have to, there's one thing you have to do. You have to get your discharge paper from your mortgage company. And um, that unfortunately will cost you a fee. Um, in your paperwork that you would have got from your mortgage company, somewhere in there, it will list what the discharge fee is. And each lender is, uh, is different in, in what fee they charge. You request that discharge fee, and then you're going to take that to the land registry and hand it in. Um, or you can use a lawyer if you wish to do this, but you can do it yourself because you need to remove that mortgage company from uh, title, title of your property. So you have a free and clear title at that so point. So no burning mortgage papers until that is done. Correct. Okay. You should. And maybe just, just take a copy if you want to burn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could copy everything and yeah, then burn the original. No, burn the copy. Burn, oh, the, burn copy. the copy just okay. for the symbolism of yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Now, now you, Caroline, you say you have to. I would imagine there's a number of mortgages out there that possibly are finished and and they haven't been. Oh, uh, uh, we've seen that before yeah. when uh, gone to um, do something. Maybe like uh, the people the people have paid their mortgage off and they they tell me that and they want to maybe. Do a line of credit, a secured line of credit to, to use the funds for renovations or, or whatever. And then when the uh, lawyer uh, does a title search, they see that the original first mortgage was never discharged from title. Mm -hmm. So it's an inconvenience at that time. Um, it's a big inconvenience if you had a private mortgage on your property and that was never discharged because sometimes it's hard to... Uh, Get a hold of that, that private lender. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that's even a bigger... Um, hassle. So you definitely want to make sure anything that's paid off has been removed from title of your property. That's interesting. I never would have thought of that. Mm -hmm. That was a good question. Okay, Aaron, uh, here's a question from me. <clears throat> oh, no. Here's a question <laughs> from me and because we're doing these questions and, and it, it it just, I don't know how, it popped into my mind just a, a few moments ago. That scares me even more. Yeah. <laughs> so this, here's a question and it's a question 
It wasn't put in question form. It was put in a statement form to me from a from a GTA realtor uh, last year. And so, it, you know, he he could have asked it in a question form, but he chose to make it a statement. And uh, and the question or statement was there was uh, there were multiple offers I in this case, and he was he had submitted one of the offers for his buyer. And my seller decided to go with the best offer that worked best for them, and and it wasn't it wasn't this particular realtor's offer, and the realtor was quite upset and said uh, something to the to the you know the thought of uh, well you you have to give me another opportunity to up my offer. You have to give us a second chance to make the offer better, um, and I said, "No, we don't." So, what have you ever had that happen? Um, no, but I've heard a lot of stories. But personally, I haven't had anybody say that to me. You know, like any multiple offer situation, people know they're in multiple offers, and it is kind of a best foot forward thing. You can't a seller can't work with more than one offer, mm -hmm. so. How are you supposed to give him another opportunity? Yeah, so. So I answered your question with a question. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so the 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 real I guess if we put the question in question form, does a seller have to give a buyer an opportunity to make another offer? And the and the answer is no. When when the seller receives the offer, offer singular or offers plural, they can choose to accept one. They can choose to counter offer one or they can choose to ignore one or all they, they or have send them all back which is yeah so yeah. ignore ignore all and just say start again yeah um but they do not they do not have to give you a, a second chance so if you're in a multiple offer scenario come in with your best foot forward absolutely yes or and you know the <clears throat> seller too even in a multiple offer scenario could just say you know what i don't want to sell my house anymore yeah and then what? And let's let's cover that right after this break. <laughs> so, folks, you've been listening to Reality Realty Northumberland 89.7 FM's local real estate talk. Join us after this break, and keep your mortgage and real estate questions coming in. We'll be right back. Pritchard's Climate Care has been serving Northumberland County for over 30 years. Under new management for the last seven years, we have been improving our service and looking for better ways to serve our customers for many years to come. At Pritchard's, we offer comprehensive 10-year warranties on our equipment, including gas water heaters. Call Pritchard's Climate Care today for service or a free estimate at 905-885-8216. At Pritchard's, we're not just your climate care experts, we're your neighbors. Sunday morning brunch promo, take one. Cue the music. What? No music? Cutbacks? Oh, well. Hey, it's me, Glenn McLaren, with a great show, 7 to 10, Sunday mornings, called the Sunday Morning Brunch. Maybe you've heard about it. It's got lots of great music, great features, and a mini concert, too. So why not spend part of your weekend with me, Glenn McLaren, on the Sunday Morning Brunch, heard on Northumberland 89.7, truly local radio. Welcome back. This is your Real Estate Forum, Northumberland, 89.7 FM's Reality Realty with Dale Bryant. And my guests today are real estate sales representative, Aaron Toms, and mortgage broker, 
Carol Ann Bryant. And today we've been doing a call-in show where we've been answering your mortgage and real estate questions. Trying to. Trying to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've done a good job. I, I, we had one tough question from Richard, which you really have to be there and, and get some more details. Uh, but, folks, we have a little bit of time left. If you want have a question and you want to text your question into Carol Ann, you can text at 289-251-2948. Or if you have a question for Aaron, you can text her at 905-376-0246. You can also call in the station, and Lane will write down your question and pass it along to us. And that number is 905-372-2391. Aaron. You were telling me just as we started on break, uh, you have another question here. I do. Lee would like to know how to become a licensed realtor. Lee would like to know how to become a licensed realtor. So what would you tell Lee? I would advise him to go to Aria's website and mm -hmm. check it out. But, you know, the long and short is that there's um, two segments to it. There's the pre-registration segment where you'll do some courses and I think you have 18 months to complete it and then there's your um, articling segment so where you're actually kind of live and in the field and selling and you know doing some more courses during that time right and and each section the pre-registration and the articling I believe there there's three courses for each section is that is that correct uh, it looks a little bit different from when we did it yeah it looks like five, five. for the pre-registration. Okay. So, so uh, they've they've increased that a little bit. And how about the articling? What's it look like there? Uh, it looks pretty similar to when we did. So the, you know, two, one elective and then. Right. And back when, how much was that costing us per pop for uh, a course? Oh, I don't even remember. A couple hundred maybe? No. More than that. Really? I'm thinking it was like five, six hundred dollars a course. Yeah, I think I paid like three eighty-five or something. Yeah, you you got your license a little bit before me, uh, a, a few years before me. Uh, so maybe maybe it is, and maybe it's just been climbing. Yeah, up I don't really that remember. Much. So Lee, yeah, you got you got some courses to take, and every course has an exam. And where would you write your exams, Erin? I did some at Trent yeah. um, in Peterborough, and um, I did some at, I believe it was York mm -hmm. in Toronto, um, and I did one at the Area, call it, the Area Center on, in Toronto. Yeah, in Don Mills. So yeah. they, make it, they make it pretty handy. They have yeah. a lot of places you can write the exams and different time slots you can write them. Carol Ann, you have a question here. Yes. Um, <coughs> Karen asks, uh, what are typical prepayment privileges? Well, typical, I would say, would be anywhere between 15 and 20% lump sum prepayment. So these prepayments are what are you allowed to do during your five-year term without uh, incurring a penalty? Like, how can you pay your mortgage down? If you obviously, if you pay it off in full during the five-year term, you will incur a penalty. So they will allow you to do 15 to 20 percent. Um, I've seen 10 percent, but pretty common is 15 to 20. Uh, some of them will allow you to do um, just at a particular time, like on the anniversary date. Uh, some of them will allow you to do um, a, as little as $100 at a at a time 
on any given payment date. So it doesn't have to be the full 15 to 20%. Hmm. Um, as long as over the course of the year, it doesn't exceed that. And then also in combination with that, you can usually increase your original principal uh, and interest payment by 15 to 20%. And there are some lenders that will allow you to double up your payment on any given payment date. That's a third option, a third uh, prepayment privilege. So it's really sp- different for each lender. like Specific, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. Hopefully that answers your question uh, satisfactorily. Really nothing more for me yeah. to say about that. Well, is it yearly or is it just during your term? So if you have a five-year term, can you just do one lump sum payment in that five years or can you do that lump sum payment yearly? So it's uh, that percentage is per year Okay. over the course of five years, but, you, but it doesn't carry over. So if you missed it during your first year, you, you can't it. do, if it's 15%, you can't do 30% the next year. It okay. doesn't carry over. It's not cumulative. All right. Uh, ladies, uh, is that is that near the end of your questions? I think so. Okay. I have a couple more, but I guess I'll save them for another time because I'm well, we, we, we do have we do have some uh, minutes left. I, I, I know I had a reason I'm asking is I, I have this little article that I, I, I wanted to read if, if we yeah, came go up ahead. short. But uh, well, no, go hit the oh, questions okay. first. Uh, I mean, um, yeah. So uh, a question for from Steve, uh, what documentation is required to confirm my down payment? Excellent question. This is the one component of your mortgage financing that gives me as a broker the most amount of grief. Um, you have to be very, very specific with this. So usually they want to see um, a 90-day history on your bank, uh, your bank account if it's coming from your savings or your checking account. Um, in that uh, bank account, those statements have to have your name on them. Or if they just have your account number, then link to you via void check or a pre-authorized debit form check somehow. Somehow it has to be linked to you, obviously. You can't have anything blacked out on those statements. Redacted. Redacted. Nothing redacted. Um, you, If you have large deposits of money going into your account, we're going to have to show where they came from. That's just the law. That's what we have to do. Um so, so biggie, biggie, when you have your statements from the bank, make sure they identify you as being the account holder. Absolutely. E- either with either with the number. Well, that's just common sense, yes. isn't it? But if it I'm doesn't handing, always happen. Not all no, statements print no, out like that, right? True, because, you know, there's not many people that get paper statements mailed anymore. It's mm-hmm. all, everything's done online. And if you go and you print your statements off from your online account, um, there are some financial institutions that w- your name won't be on there. Just the oh. account number w- will be on there. So then what I've done is I've said to people, okay, when you sign on to your online banking and you have that first screen, that will have your name on it and it will show your accounts. Like you have a savings account, a checking account, you have investments, whatever. You take a screenshot of that sign-in page mm-hmm. and, and add that with your bank statements. Yeah, so the pieces get put together. Right. Right. Um, there's more. Okay, There's go more ahead. To that. All right. <laughs> um, that would be the same if you're using your uh, using investments for your down payment. Same thing. Ninety day history of those, uh, unless they've already been deposited in, into your account. Then you just show me your investment statement co- where they're coming out, and then obviously then your bank statements. Um, gifted funds we talked about already. There's a gift letter that has to be signed. Um, sometimes, uh, if it's deposited, 
uh, early. We might have to show where it came from, but it's usually the gift letter and then the money, showing the money going into your account. All right, very good. Erin, was that another question that just came in? No. No? Okay. <laughs> uh, so I have a question here, and this anonymous question. Uh, my husband works shift work, and we have two large dogs. We're thinking of putting our house up for sale and wondering if it's okay for a seller to restrict viewings, uh, viewing times and days. So uh, the answer is absolutely you can. When you put your house up for sale, uh, it's expected that your house is available for viewings immediately. But if, you're, if your husband's working shift work, um, it's not expected that people are going to barge in on him while he's, while he's finishing his sleep. If you have a couple large dogs and, and you need to remove them because uh, for when people come into your home, everybody's going to appreciate that. <laughs> and uh, and, and they're, they're going to have to work around your schedules. It's to your benefit that you try to accommodate these viewings as much as you can. But, you know, there's, there's real practical life that happens every day. And you can certainly um, uh, take reasonable requests on when viewings happen. Would you say that's, that, that sums that up, Erin? I would. Um, you know, you could also make it so that viewings are kind of like to specific days or times that work for you. So there's no confusion. And when people are putting in the showing request, they already know mm -hmm. about this. So that could help. So. All right. Well, I think I finished my last question, Carol Ann. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, there was. Yep. Sure. <laughs> was it? Was there another question? No, there wasn't another question, okay. but there was another part to the down payment, oh, which is kind of crucial. Okay. If you've sold your house yeah. and your down payment is coming from the sale of your house, then you have to provide your firm agreement of sale. Okay. Uh, and your mortgage yeah. statement if there's a mortgage so the lender can see there's enough funds. Sorry, I must have cut you off. You then. did. I didn't. Okay. <laughs> I apologize. Erin, did you have another question? Not at all. We're good. Okay. <laughs> oh so we, we captured all your questions and I just won't have time to read that article, but I'm going to read that next week. Humorous little article, amusing. Caroline, thanks a lot for joining we've, sure. uh, us today. Uh, we've given out your cell phone number a number of times so people know how to get in touch with you. Right. And Aaron, thank you so much for joining us on this question and answer Thanks, uh, show. Thanks, it's been fun. Yeah, <laughs> I like these shows because we go everywhere and yeah. we don't know where we're going to go uh, except for the ones that come in the day before the morning of. Oh, yeah, that's and, nice. And it is comforting to get the odd one like that. Um, so, folks, if you have any questions or comments about today's show or for any real estate questions, feel free to contact me by emailing dale at dalebryant.ca or call into the radio station at 905-372-2391 and leave me a message. Uh, don't forget to join me, Dale Bryant. I'm an active real estate broker with World of Page Pro Alliance Realty Brokerage. Join me next Thursday morning from 11 a.m. till 12 noon for Reality Realty on Northumberland 89.7 FM, truly local radio. Until next week, folks. When it comes to computers and the internet today, it's hard to know who and what to trust. When something goes wrong, you could call your daughter or your brother-in-law, 